was discussing uh, the various proofs from the Gemara when the Gemara discusses trephus and what's mutzah, what's usher, an animal, and what is considered something incurable, which is something which is curable. Right. Uh, we're going to give a few more examples. The tonight. biology that the Goyesh scientist didn't know. The biology that the Goyesh scientist didn't know and didn't have the means to, right. to prove one or the other one. And it was also, definitively, this is what's going to happen based on the knowledge which was Harakh Lamash Misina. So we gave some examples yesterday, and the Kutari is going to continue and give a few more. So he says, again, holding in Mamir B. Aisam Dalif, by referring to the ice. Somebody says, Umidiyasim, Bechonim, Hamimisim, Chayimimimisim. They knew which sicknesses would kill them and which wouldn't. So, for example, Masha'am, Chuta Shidra, when it comes to the spinal cord, Imoyrekayim, Moychavid Amar, Vilamarim. If uh, the Chuta Shidra, the spinal cord, really is a, it's like has a membrane, and inside there are the cells, the nerve cells, or the nerve cells which run up and down the Chuta Shidra. And maybe contrary to what people would think, the halacha is that as long as the outside membrane of the Chota Shidra is kayim, even if the inside would disintegrate, the animal is going to be okay. It will rejuvenate itself. Whereas uh, if the outside Chota Shidra, which means the membrane is broken, so then it's going to be a traitor. certain damages to the brain, which won't kill some, an animal, but it won't, have children, it won't be able to have children after that. Which times a krum, which means, so to speak, a tissue which is there to heal a wound, will stick, and which times it won't stick. It might like, harden, form a crust, but it it's going to fall off and the wound will come back again. And it's an interesting thing. Chazal said when it comes to the lungs, uh, scabs don't stick on the lungs. A krum which is oil on the lung falls off. And therefore we always check the lungs for that, because even if right now we don't see any holes in the lungs, but if we see anywhere where it looks like there had been a, uh, a injury and there's a scab tissue, we say it's going to fall off and the, the hole will come back. Wow. Oh, you said some uh, injuries will result in the not being able to have children. Yeah. Well, is that relevant to being a kosher animal or not? It's not relevant mm-hmm. to a kosher animal, but certain others do. Such as uh, when the shadow of Bechor or not Bechor or things like that, there'll be a question mm-hmm. of yeah. The Amrul, same thing, it says, Gila Nasha and And this is an interesting one. The Gila Nasha is the atom, the nerve which connects the leg to the spinal cord. And a, a, a bird has that nerve too. Obviously, if something makes its foot move, it has to have a nerve which connects it to the spinal cord of the bird. But the Chazal said that's not called a Gila Nasha. It works differently. It's not the same gid, which would be the problem, which there is an animal that doesn't exist by a bird. Similarly, uh, if a kosher animal would drink from a non-kosher animal, then the milk in the kosher animal's stomach, which came from a non-kosher animal, is still treif. Treif milk remains treif, even if it's ingested by a kosher animal. Instead of the other way around. Treif is If a non-kosher animal would, would drink from a kosher animal, the milk, which is curdled in the stomach, is still mutter. Because it came from the kosher animal. It didn't but it's curdled in there. So even though it's so curdled, it's, it's mixed with other. Right. It's mixed with other things. Enzymes. The enzymes which is mixed with aren't edible. They're the acids of the stomach. Oh. And therefore, even though they're coming, the enzymes are the enzymes of the stomach of the non-kosher animal. It doesn't render it a traitor. So how come nowadays they use plant rennet? Yeah. Well, what's uh, why, why is there kosher cheese? What does yeah. that mean? And there's non-kosher rennet that they use. One drip makes the whole thing into cheese. 
So it's like this. Let's talk about halachas of cheese. There's two ways that they can get cheese to curdle. Uh, either they can use the cavus nevela, which means the stomach juices of the animal, or better still, milk which is curdled in the animal's stomach, and use that to cause the rest of the cheese to form cheese. Or they can use the ara cava, which means they use the actual organ of the stomach itself, and they, they, they fill it, like a, they, they pump it with milk, and they get the, it to work. The halacha is that either the cava itself, which means the enzymes in the stomach, if we have a way of connecting them, or milk which has already curdled in the stomach is mutter and we can use. The problem is using the stomach itself, which means the ara cava, because of the khalaf. Because now we say once it's no longer part of a living animal, so you're using, uh, you're using meat, really, to preserve milk, and it's going to stay together for 24 hours, it's going to be basa v'chala, which is the problem with natural rennet, which they use today, which is basically the stomach of the animal. If you're just going to get the enzymes out of the stomach, the acid, that would be okay. They actually use the stomach. It's easier than trying to extract whatever uh, enzymes you have to get from it. Which was the Chachma they had from Hashem. Now they planned it, we'll teach the same thing. Hadamis to the animals. For example, they said, Chamisha Krumi Masurim. There's five membranes in the body which are Osir, and the reason that they're Osir is because there's too much of a capillaries of blood in the Krum that we can't kasher it. This is another thing. Some membranes have to protect the organs. Some membranes have like a whole. Like sets of blood vessels running through the membrane, which you can't catch. And the examples it gives, the fact that when it says krumamayach, the lining of the brain is full of little capillaries of blood, which therefore the whole thing is also. Krum shalabetin, same thing around the betin, is also a krum which is full of little blood vessels. We're talking about microscopic even sometimes. Krum shalabayat chod, holds the spleen. Krum shalaklois on the kidneys. And krum shalaikat, which is the tail of the animal. Krum and there are lots of other chromium in the body, which aren't that, uh, we don't have that many blood vessels in there, it's possible to catch them. There's a din in the that if an animal falls a certain height, then we will cause internal injury. And then it's a trefer, because maybe it's damaged one of its internal organs, and Chazal knew which way it had to fall. Chazal told it fell on its feet, it fell on its back, it fell on its stomach, and then understood enough about to knowing uh, where the damage, what would cause damage, when we have a problem. Here it's a Verisa Kabar, and what he means by that is, Arisa Kamevi Ramabis. Back in Amro, in Yech Behem and the Mano, Abar Matsu the Mato, Ain't Hosh Mishim Risa Kabarim, which is the Amda and Absha, that's the name of Behem and Mishael's Nats, and the Chavenis the Dalek, Bullai Zikendo, Kashe, Yazikim Dechanaisa. And that's also an amazing thing. Here, if we're going to call it not Hazal's knowledge of the anatomy of animals, with many Chazal's knowledge of the psychology of animals. And the question in the Gemara was, we left a goat on the, on the roof of the building. We come back and find it on the floor. So now the question is, did it damage itself by putting up the building? And uh, the Gemara says no. The Gemara says that if we don't see that it was pushed off the building or it fell, we assume it jumped. Or it's jumping the same height. But uh, the Nata Gemara says that the animal can ascertain if it can make the jump with and survive it or not. And therefore, if a goat decided to jump, we assume that he knew that he would be able, that he instinctively, that it wouldn't damage him. And therefore, it's the same height. But if he fell and he, didn't, he wasn't expecting to jump, because then him a trefer. If he jumped and, and landed, then we assume that he, he, he's not a trefer, we don't have to worry about it.
Because there's a certain instinct the animal knows what it can do safely or not. And if it got pushed, the halacha is that even if you check it and everything's okay, you're still not allowed to eat it? There's a, there's a, you have to wait 24 hours, you have to make it walk, and you have to check it. There's, all, there's oh, a lot of different check. tests. Right, so there's a way to check how much it's gotten damaged. Right, and there's a lot of straight line. <laughs> When it comes, as he says, when he is when he jumps, then he knows he's ready for to take the impact, absorb the shock, and doesn't get injured. And when he falls, it's not like that. We feel that the What else tell us is means the animal which was which got a shock, and we're scared that. The shock caused the damage to the animal's lungs, which could be a traitor. But here again, Chazal say it depends if it was B'day Shemayim or B'day Adam. Which means if a cannon went off next to the animal, the sound could give the animal a shock, which would render the traitor. But if there's a thunderclap next to the animal, which might be just as any decibels, just as loud, as B'day Shemayim, that doesn't affect animals. And how are you going to know that? What, logically, how are you going to explain it? The animal felt the same fear, he got the same shock, it was the same loud noise. No, if it's B'day Adam, it's a traitor, B'day Shemayim, it's not. And again, they're saying in all these things that they're going to die within the year. That's right. the godless. Right. Okay, the year. And how do we check that? How do we check if the animal got affected with the or not? We check it with my poishim. As you soak the lungs in warm water for 24 hours, and you see if it expands or not. If it expands, it's a healthy lung. If it doesn't, it's like frozen in place. Then it's, then it's an unhealthy lung. Then it's kosher. Then it's kosher. Could use the trefer. The lung can turn different colors. If it goes blue, it's kosher. If it goes black, it's straight. My time, a high shachar adam or a shilaka. It's a different kind of injury, and uh, this again, this is something which it was not Chazal's uh, trial and error, but these all examples of Chazal's knowledge of what they were taught, of how, how the trefers work. Similarly, when something goes more red, if the lung is not, is, I mean, all the internal organs are somewhat red. But if the lung is much redder than it's meant to be, so then it depends how much of it. If it's only a little bit of the lung, it's kosher. If it's all of the lung, it's straight. Okay. Without any, x-rays? Any internal injury. Even x-rays. Yeah, even x-rays won't show the color of the lung. All right. Any internal injury, you would have no way of knowing it's going to live or die because you wouldn't know about the injury until it's dead. And you wouldn't know how long it's been here for. And if you're going to open it up and check, then you already killed it. Right. So then, uh, you're saying uh, you're just proving that it has to be in the knowledge because there would be no other way to know. Meaning to make any sort of claim. Right. To make any claim that would have to be going to die with the system means a How else would you know that? How would you prove? It? But they won't. But they won't be able to prove that they're correct either because they won't be able to prove that they're correct either. We're not coming to prove you're correct. We're coming to say this is what Allah is. And therefore, we know that this animal would have died. It's called a traitor. But but the Chacham is trying, the Chacham is showing the that they the, had the knowledge of the body. But that doesn't prove the knowledge of the body the because they can't prove they it. They can say things like that. And as which long means, as they could say things like that with we're confidence. Saying, we understand constantly this is what's going to be. Then they didn't have the option, but today it could be we could prove it. Uh, today if we can do surgery and see and then close it up again and see what happens, we might be able to prove that uh, what, what what happens to animals long run, long term after yeah. they have injuries. Are there internal trephas that that could be detected nowadays from x-rays? Yeah, for sure. All the broken bones. Okay. Oh, okay, fine. So, and all those things talking nowadays, we'll be able to prove. Yeah, have studies, studies been done on these animals that fell off a cliff, and now a trephas won't last a year, and 
keep watching and see it doesn't last. I don't know. Nobody probably cares about it besides for insurance. Right. Also, it would be very hard to do such a study because uh, any study has to uh, like to specify exactly the what we're trying to check. Mm-hmm. So to see well, did the animal die in a year, you have to be able to rule out anything else that you following you're tracking exactly one one factor which you're going to blame for. So like like Yossi said, you have to be able to do a full internal examination of the animal first. You have to prove definitively that that's why I died. And not because of anything else. So there would, we, we, we wouldn't have the science to do this. And science doesn't try. Even today, when a person's sick. So to say that look, this is an illness that people can die from, that we know. But to, to give it a timeline exactly when they're going to die, and that, then it's, it's very hard to do that. We don't have a, we don't have a way to prove that. Okay, that's, that's, now he's going to go to another field. This is the Gemara in Shabbos. And the Gemara in Shabbos tells two stories of Nasan and Abavi, the one uh, was, who was a male. And uh, the Gemara tells two stories. The first one, which is going to quote, is a lady who had two babies and they both died after the breast. And the third baby was born, she was scared to give him a breast, so she brought him to Nasan and Abavi. And that's the, the case in the Gemara in Shabbos that he quotes here, that he says, Rabbi Nasan and Abavi, she built upon the yellow yarak, Rabbi Nasan and Abavi noticed, that his skin had like a, a yellowish tinge to it. So, his blood hasn't uh, fully developed yet, and that's why his like, look, which you can see there isn't enough red blood cells being developed, and at that stage like that, to do mila is a sakana, because his body won't be able to replace the blood, and he loses the breast. Sorry that they can see the healthy look in his skin, that there's enough blood. Then, so he understood enough about looking at the kid to understand medically what was the story, what the story with him was, and to wait to give the breast until he was healthy. This is the essence, very similar to uh, jaundice, except today's jaundice isn't a real jaundice. So it's a form of the modern that they don't want to give a breast of a baby's yellow. Real jaundice is that the the liver hasn't started producing its own red blood cells, which is exactly what we're talking about. You'll see the baby looks yellow. It's, uh, and if uh, she says, wait until you put on me, until the body starts producing uh, its red blood cells, then it can recover from the blood that it loses, which is for sure not for today. It's not juvenile jaundice, it's real hepatitis, real jaundice, and of course they're going to wait until the baby recovers and the liver functions longer to give the breast. So the next example that gave it in the Gemara, if you're a father of Yahya same thing, he was very red. He said uh, his blood hasn't yet been absorbed. In other words, it's still, uh, it's not what we call today uh, that uh, there's too much of the blood which is in, uh, like bruising in the capillaries, not in the, in the system, which is a normal color. He said, wait, wait until he recovers from being squeezed in the birth, whatever it would be, that would cause all that bruising, and then you go back to normal. So again, he's again proving that Chazal had a knowledge of not just Allah, but also of the anatomy which they needed to know in order to, in this case, do a bris. Which is also the Gemara Chodim. And that is, the Gemara says, Chedev, which is Tar Chedev, sticks to the meat. Tami Chedev, which is what we call Esa Chedev, doesn't stick to the meat. It has its own crumb, which means it's, it slides apart from the meat. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't stick to the meat. When you see kosher meat, with the fat you get on it, it's hard to separate it sticks. If you ever dissect the animal and you see what the, what the chedev, which is the isokaris of, of the Torah asses, 
it comes with, it's not connected. It has its own kind of membrane around it. It separates very easily. Which is also, the, so we could see that way, like, easily what's chalim, what's not. With Agastinem, Machach is to Babi says, so if you find a needle in the stomachs of a cow, what what's it in? What's, well, what's, what, what, what's, what's the godless of the of the previous thing with the kosher fat and the non kosher fat? Yeah, it's it's the ideas that he has in Chadam. So the difference is that if there's a hole in underneath it, so does the fat slice in the hole? That means there isn't a hole, or does the fat not slice in the hole? So if you're talking about chaylev, so then one slice in the hole, so we call it for a trip because it's there's no way everything's going to fall through it. If it's a kosher fat, which slice in it, then it's okay. And now the Gemara in Chodesh starts giving you shirim. The first tefach, the first amr, whatever it is, after the ma'am is like this, the last one's like that. Exactly, they knew which was where, and what would cover each part of the body, so they knew what's trip. But that they could have that they could have seen from just after they shafted the first animal. They know they know what was what was kosher fat, what was what was non kosher fat. And then they just see, oh, all the non kosher fat comes out very easily, or the kosher fat sticks on. But therefore in a living animal, it's not going to block a hole. Which means in the intestines where there's a trait fat. Even though the etzim, if you look at there's not gaps in the animal. It's impacted in fat intestines. When we say it's trait fat, it's not it's not it's not being so similar hole there. If there would be a hole, then it's going to trade it because one one block the hole. Oh, meaning after after you check the intestines. Yeah. Oh. My the fat word. Same thing he says when you find the needle inside. So when do you say the needle is the primary puncture the organ? When you say it didn't punch the organ, uh, and uh, the Quran tells us that it depends on if we can, where we where we going to find a karatan. If it's nimza a karatan or not, which means if we find where it's going to heal from, so then we can understand which route the needle went. From how we see the heating process happening, it's not going in, it's not going out. Do we see the heating process on the inside and the outside? And we can understand how the animal is going to heal to follow, so to speak, the route the needle took. This makes a big difference. If the animal swallows the needle and it's in the stomach, it's not a trefer. It has to come out somewhere, but in the meantime, it's not a trefer. If it's somehow gone through the out of the stomach into the body cavity or the other way around, it's coming from the outside, then it could be a trefer. So now let's say we find the needle in the meat. Of the animal. Was it on its way in or was it on its way out? And the question is, did it puncture the stomach or not? So how are we meant to know that? Which which direction it took? How did, how did it get in if it... It's after the stomach already? It's you, find it in the you, find, you find it in the... You, you, cut the, you cut the animal in the, the brisket, which is the, the, the meat in front of the lungs, you find the needle. Now which way was the needle going? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Was it on its way out? Is Maybe there only one laid, option? No, they have laid down on it. And you're going to prick himself. I so have went through his body. Yeah. Um, it's like a person standing. It's going to go through your skin. You're okay. going to uh-huh. So he did the same thing. Or it was in his lungs. It was on his way out. How are you meant to tell? Okay. And I'll say, because I have rules. We can look to see the blood. And we're, we're, we're trying to heal. So we can follow the track of which way it went. We see what heals first, what heals second. There was also something which uh, didn't trade us. And we have to know that obviously whatever we're seeing happen has to happen before the Shkhetah because obviously once you shechter it's not going to heal anymore. Which is another option. If we think maybe the needle got into the meat after the shechter already, then again we can see what effect it would have on the meat around it. I go, this is a lachal which I get once every three or four weeks. Someone comes with a chicken that they see that the left the, the leg bone of the chicken is broken in half. Now the halacha is that if the, the thigh bone of the chicken is broken, the chicken is a traitor. 
Sabi always comes with the chicken, I'm happy, she's the next woman, she's in half, what's that after? What's that after? So now, so the inside secret is that 99% of the time it's fine. And the reason for that is, is because it broke after the shifted. When they hold the chicken to feather it, they hold it up by its leg bone, or if it gets sort of too violently oh. thrown around, when it's being defeathered, it breaks the bone, which is not an unusual thing at all. So how are you meant to tell if the break happened on the feathering machine or when the chicken was in half? It's very simple. You look at the meat around it and you look for the bruising. Because if it, if it got broken when it was really on the machines, it's not going to, the chicken's already dead by then. It's not going to have any effect on the meat around it. If it got broke when the chicken was in Because there's no blood, blood the circulation? Blood, yeah, it's not blood anymore. It's after the merichot, I mean, it's after the blood came out, it's after uh, the, the, the animal's death, it's not going to react. Hmm. Much angry if the chicken's still alive and it breaks the bones so straight away, there's going to be blood clotting, there's going to be bruising, and there's going to be torn dishes. So you, you don't look at the bone bichal, you look at the meat. And if you see that the meat around the bone is purple and black and uh, all torn to bits, then you know that this is a threat. It broke when it's still alive. If you see the meat's normal, fine, and just the bone's broken, then you know it happened hundreds of times afterwards. Which is happening with the meat, so you can see where they went, if they came in before or afterwards, to see what effect it had on whoever's around it. Because the body looks to protect itself. If it would be alive, we would already see the effect of that the hazard. And as it says, the blood doesn't do anything when the animal dies. You can improve there for that it happens after, after, if there's no symbol of damage, that the needle only came afterwards. Same thing. Another thing and that is, if we want to know when the injury happened, so if there's already a, a scab on it, it means it happened at least three days ago. That's how long it takes for an internal organ to start recovering. So they also we have the same idea. Um, that's also the question tonight. And then it comes to the one more, one more case we'll see tonight. And that is, when we talk about the dinim which Chazal told us, what's the symbol of an oiftar? We say, remember, oiftar, might come the oiftar from the shepherd. An oiftar? An oiftar is a kosher bird. There's simanim. There's simanim. There's simanim. There's simanim. So the simanim also. And what's the simanim? We, we, we tie a wire and we get the bird to stand on the wire. And how does he separate his toes? In Chalikas Raghav Shtayim Lakan Shtayim Lakan If it's a bird has four little toes, if it's two in the front and two at the back, so like holds it, two on each side, we do a shayv tami. That's a sign of a treif bird. Shlosh Lakan Rachs Lakan, where there's three in the front and one at the back, and it's similar to Oiftar. Bidosha Oiftar. Now, well, what's the, that's the Matthias, and Chazal tells us we can check like that. What's the reason for that? Very simple. The trait birds are the predator birds. And the predator bird has to hold its, its prey with its feet. So, in order to hold its prey, it has to have two fingers on each side, so it like has a pincer motion, it can grab them on both sides. Because if you have three in the front and one in the back, you can't grab something. It's not that. So it's enough to hold on to something, but it's not enough to act as a way to, to, to hold something, like to catch it. So you can see that this is a sign of a lifetime, it's a sign of a lifetime. But we don't go by Simanim now. We go, the main act is to go by Simanim today. Yeah. But uh, we have four signs for a lifetime. And if a person's stuck with nothing else to eat, then you can run the Hadachis, you can run the Simanim. Okay. And all the hack with, uh, I don't really know anything about it, but the Breco bird from a few years ago in Turkey's, all those, like, why don't they just do the Shimon and they failed the test? Then there's a question I didn't test. There's a question on the Since the Shach brings it today, we know you only to eat the pros of the Masoripo. A lot of the questions have a Sarah and these birds are not. Oh, even though they pass all the tests? 
Is the Mestorah specifically how to shecht it? No, the Mestorah is that we, we're scared that we don't, we don't trust ourselves to do all the tests. And therefore, birds you don't know about, we'd rather not touch Even though we could see it as having fulfilled all the requirements. Same thing. Any bird which grabs its prey in flight is a predator bird, it's Tomei. And uh, similarly, if it lives with trade birds, it's probably a trade bird. That's a Gemara Brachos, that's a, the birds of a, of a feather, like, uh, together. If, it's a, if he lives with which means if the Arabi knows the trade bird, the Zarzi we weren't sure about, but we see that they live with Arabi, they live with the, with the ravens, so we assume it's a trade bird too. Um, which is also a Chidish Godel, like why is it a, a riot to the bird? Uh, we don't have a necessary explanation for that. So he's given us a few more examples of what the king wanted to know, that you claim to have a knowledge of the natural world, like where your spires are proven. So he's already showing you. Just look in the halachas, you'll see how many halachas are built on an understanding of what the natural world was. And not, not just a weird understanding, he was maxim that these were all things where the going didn't necessarily have an understanding. This wasn't the field that they had the ability to explore. And therefore, our knowledge definitely didn't come from them. And uh, if they couldn't explore it by base and trial and error, we also couldn't. So it's arrived, we went to say previously, and that is that the Chachm, the Chachm heads, was the Chachm just giving them a Torah, not a Chachm which they necessarily managed to find in their own.